Thank you for listening to the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. In today's episode, I was joined by Matt Dix, a financial advisor who's been on Football Index since May. He talked a lot of sense. I talked a lot of nonsense, but it was a good, enjoyable episode. I enjoyed recording it anyway, and I really do hope you guys enjoy it too. Had a few new members sign up to Football Index Club lately. Check out footballindexclub.co.uk if you want to get yourself involved. And yeah, just hope you have a great rest of your day, really. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Football Index Club Daily Podcast. In today's episode, I have Matt Dix, a Football Index trader. He's been on Football Index Club for many months now, really active in our Discord chat. So welcome to the show, Matt. How are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad at all, thank you. So it's a Friday. We've got a big weekend of football ahead of us, so not too bad at all, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week on Football Index and it's a perfect time to get you on the podcast because you've been really positive, I'd say, and since, since you joined, really, and uh, it's been great to hear your thoughts on the markets and everything. So how about you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, both in your own work and then how you kind of came across Football Index and when you started and, and so on? Yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. So um, I actually started Football Index in May of last year. Uh, quite an interesting time to join, you know, I haven't even been on a year and it's changed a hell of a lot. Um, I kind of found my way here because uh, a few years ago I used to do match betting. So Football Index came up then when I was doing match betting, but um, I kind of just ignored it because it wasn't, you know, a, a match betting kind of like a profile, so to speak. Um, so I left it, uh, stopped doing match betting because it just got a little bit too hard. And then obviously last year we were in lockdown I was having adverts on YouTube and that type of stuff, you know, put money into your football knowledge. It sounds like something I could do. Um, my day job, I'm a financial advisor. So I'm used to markets. I'm used to, you know, things going up and down, things becoming more valuable or not valuable. Um, so if anybody wants to talk to me about stocks and shares ices, that's a little plug for myself. You want to it. <laughs> um, and like everyone, I started off small. I bought some absolute rubbish. Um, I'm a Bristol City fan, so I bought every player that played for Bristol City uh, at the <laughs> index. And yeah, it's been a whirlwind, hasn't it? We had, you know, um, half of the order book came in. We had the fake dividend announcement. We had the proper dividend announcement. We had Black Sunday. Uh, and uh, we've got a bit of a, revi- a revival. So yeah, it's been one hell of a, one hell of a ride. Yeah, it's been, wow. Yeah, it's been absolutely crazy since May. Probably one of the most exciting times to join Football Index, I'd say, because you've seen so many changes and you can kind of see everything sort of forming together now to sort of build up again. Like, we're really building a foundation for a platform that could be pretty, like, it could grow a huge amount over the next few years now, uh, what we're seeing. So, um let's talk about first of all like what what, how did you start out trading on football index like you you said you were buying some Bristol City players what was the thinking behind that and um, how did you kind of evolve as a trader yeah sure so um, when I when I first started uh, the first player I bought was Han Noah Masengo who is uh, an 18 year old well he's 19 now Uh, Bristol City bought him for about five million from Monaco at the time he was the youngest ever uh, person to play in the Champions League. So I thought, you know what, this type of player playing for Bristol City, if he gets a move in the future, he's going to absolutely, you know, because there was rumours, there was a rumour that we bought him. um, So Chelsea didn't have to buy him and Chelsea were going to buy him from us at the end of his contract. So there was that rumour. And I thought, well, that pretty much fits into exactly what Football Index want to do. 
Yeah. So uh, then I joined, you know, your your football index club, and I was mainly buying players for capital appreciation. Mm. I bought into Van de Beek, Torres before their, you know, before their rises, um, and I made some some you know good trades. I remember buying uh, Matundo at one pound and selling him for one pound forty four. Yeah. Which we look at that now, and that's crazy. So I was I was doing that quite successfully, and then I got to a point where I was kind of you know understanding more about yields and dividends and those types of things, and I you know had shares in people like Musa Barrow, who was well over two quid at the time, and I was looking at it and I was thinking, I don't really know why he's worth two quid. Yeah. So I slowed right down, pretty much around Black Sunday, funnily enough. So I slowed right what I was doing right down, and uh, then we obviously saw players drop. And, you know, it was getting to the point where Musa Barrow was two quid and Sancho was dropping to like, you know, kind of like 10, seven, eight. And I was just looking at it and I was like, I'm not 100% sure what's going on anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I remember I bought Odegaard at £4.15. Mm. And I was looking at it and saying, actually, I've made a bit of a mistake here. That is too high for that player. That the, the market has got away from itself. So I pulled right away. Um, and I sold a lot of my capital appreciation type players, you know, your Van der Beeks, your Torres, when they were at two, three quid. Yeah. And I sat and I just watched the market. And then November time, when your Brunos and your Mbappes and your Sanchos are like three to five quid, I then started to go in quite heavy. Because yeah, yeah. it was at that point to me, it was obvious that even if the market never recovered to the point it was before, Sancho will, will return, in my opinion, five quid in the next three years. Mm. So even if he never rose one penny more, I was thinking that I had a relatively, you know, a relatively good bet. I then had some fun, as you know, with the IPG players. Gail Kakuta was my, <laughs> my man for a couple of months. He practically returned his price for me. And it was, you know, I, and then I started to learn a bit more. You know, I probably earned more in dividends between, say, November and today than I did between May and December. Yeah. Um, so I just changed my, my portfolio to be real dividend winners. And that now has enabled me to buy some of the undervalued players you know you've, um, in my opinion James Justin, Tielemans, Ocampos, the dividends I'm winning off of you know now someone like Kimmich I can go and buy them and it just it feels it feels more like trading it feels better. Yeah no that's uh, that's excellent stuff and I feel like a lot of people have kind of gone down a similar path over the last probably 12 to 24 months from um, buying into these players who are rising in price just based on their sort of potential to maybe earn dividends longer term and a lot of speculation, some sort of bumping on Twitter, social media, uh, a lot of hype around certain players as well. You know, like Odegaard, when he was getting to £4 plus, I'd say a large part of that was just due to him being on the timeline every other day. You know, people are posting videos of some of his amazing passes, which, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, the guy's got incredible vision and he's got huge potential, but at the same time, it's like... Um, is he actually going to return like that much in dividends when, it, when he's at like four quid and he's not really returned that much in the past? Um, we'll see how he does now, obviously, like at Arsenal. Uh, it could be completely different. But yeah, like, I think sort of just moving into those more proven dividend winners was a pretty sound strategy once they started to drop in price. It's certainly something that I've done as well. I'm quite big on like Sancho now. And uh, sort of, uh, I guess Mbappe has not really returned return that much in dividends, but he's another one who I've been buying into. It's kind of just focusing more on premium players because, yeah, as you say, like if Barrow's £2 and Sancho's £8, well, I think, you know, at the similar sort of age, but I think Sancho's probably going to return maybe 10 times as much as Barrow, but he's only four times the price. So you just look at the ratios and it makes sense to buy Sancho. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to a few other questions then. So do you have any tips for trading in a recovering market? This was a question from Discord, which I thought was quite a good uh, question, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt like that question for the first one that came in was, uh, was, quite, was quite intense. Um, for, for me, so what I've done over this last week is I've just sat back and enjoyed it. And I think for most people, it's really important to make sure that you definitely know the value of your player, because that's the, the mistake that, like, you know, we said that we made six months ago when I was buying Odegaard at four quid, I didn't really have a proper value on him. So I think if you've bought X player and you think he's only worth X and he is now at that because of this rise, I think you should be confident in that you either, you sell him because that's what you originally said. It might've happened in a week instead of two years, but I think you need to be confident in that. And I think you also need to be calm because for, you know, for me, I was buying in the dips and the dips kept coming, but I was very calm about that. I now am is equally as calm as about these raises. It is absolutely brilliant that I'm seeing green all over the screen, but in terms of how I value my portfolio, nothing has really changed between now and December. Not, mm. not, not really, I still think, X players have X dividend returns. I still know how long I want to hold some of these players. So I think it's just very important that your strategy is the same, whether you were buying the dips in December or you're now enjoying the highs now. That's what I plan on doing for the next, uh, well, we'll see how long this rise continues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll see how long that continues and we'll go from there. Yeah, that's a, it's a great point. Like, it's, yeah, I think like football index, one, one of the hardest things to do is ignore the noise and focus on intrinsic value and make valuations of plays yourself. It can be really difficult, especially when you have people on the timeline talking about how, I don't know, Sancho is going to be 30, 40 quid and everyone has different valuations of players. And it's very difficult to actually make valuations of players anyway. Do you have like the argument around, is it a three-year bet? Or are you basing your projections on future dividends across the whole career? Now, I am definitely strongly in like that whole career sort of camp overall. However, I think people underestimate how difficult it really is to predict that. Like people were saying how Trent's going to return X in dividends um, last season based off his returns last season, but no one would have really predicted. Yeah, don't get me wrong, like he's in amazing form. Yesterday I watched the game last night, great assist, great goal. But overall, no one last season would have really predicted uh, Robertson to take set pieces more often and Robertson to actually hit more scores higher than Trent this season. Because last season Trent was much better for PB. Um, we also have like PB changes in the future. We've had the removal of in-play dividends that can definitely come into, um, you know, there's, there's so many things to take into account overall to make like career predictions. Uh, but I think with, with your valuations, yeah, you, you can make sort of rough, rough estimates uh, for sure. And I'd say at the moment, there's definitely a lot of players who will return their price over the next three seasons. And then of course, there's just most players you'd imagine, uh, not most players, but most good solid players in the top 200 I'd say will probably return their full price and a lot more in career dividends um, yeah. after the commission as well which is which is great but yeah in terms of like trading and recovery markets I totally agree like you need to just focus on the, the value there and that's why I've been saying in the podcast uh, a little bit lately is like yeah the players are rising in price but their intrinsic value is actually decreasing as that happens and so especially because the market's so thin and fragile. Like we've seen the 12 lungs of depth come in today, which is brilliant, but that kind of shows us um, how thin the market is in a way as well. I mean, positive sentiment right now, but let's say there's negative sentiment 
we'd have the opposite reaction. So you'd see the, um, the lack of bids. And if there was negative sentiment, we'd be focusing on the lack of bids and people would be scared of that. But at the moment, there's so much positive sentiment and people are just having a look at the maybe lack of offers and seeing how easy it is to break down walls because there's so much positive sentiment. So I guess like these, the, the 12 rungs of uh, depth have come in today and that is definitely shifting our perception on, um, on the market and to, to think that, yeah, uh, we can like blast through these walls and everyone's going to fly. But it, let, let, let's just see what happens if the sentiment shifts at some point over the next few months. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the kind of advantages in one of the you know, good things about football index, well, football in general, is that everything is always black and white in football, isn't it? A player either has a great game or they have a rubbish game. A player is either going to be the next world star or he's going to be the next, he's going to be rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I think that is how people view football index. So we're either going to the moon or we're going to zero. Yeah. Now, for me, um, you know, rightly or wrongly, I, I every now and again, I flick to the average all offers and I look at how much up I would be on that. And I think to myself, well, even if I only got halfway there, I've made a killing. Yeah. Now, I don't actually ever, I'm not sure if, you know, under the, the, if everything stayed the same, I don't know if Sancho will ever get back to 15 quid. Right. But I, I, my average price on him is five. Mm. Now, if he gets halfway between where I've bought him and his absolute max, I'm laughing. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you're absolutely right. At the moment, the, the sentiment is, is completely swung in only a week. Mm. And it can turn, you know, very, very easy. We see that in dips. You know, Phil Foden the other day, you know, he dropped massive, well, massively dropped 20, 30p because he was taken off after like 45 minutes. Well, if you want him as a player and you think he's going to go to the Euros and win the league with Man City, why would you ever sell? But people are still going to do it in this market. And as of yet, we still don't quite have that liquidity to make sure that he doesn't drop by a few, you know, um, traders selling because he only played 45 minutes. Yeah. You are absolutely right. And I think that is one of the things to do in this market is if you think you, your player has got to a point and you're happy to sell, you can take that profit because... If in the future we get your market makers and your liquidity and you sold a player at, I don't know, six, and then he starts to rise again and you buy back in at six, but then he goes to eight, you're, you're still making a profit. You are allowed to buy in and out of players whenever you might want. You can yeah. take profit now and enjoy that and then wait and then see what happens to that player. That That is okay. <laughs> Everything doesn't have to be done today. You know, a player isn't going to become a world beater today or tomorrow. It does take time, the same way that our trades do. Exactly. And... I think that's like the amazing thing about Football Index as well. It's like it gives us this opportunity to really, I think with like the order book system now, we have the new um, ability to like trade the spreads, which can be quite fun. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, just with football in general, because players form fluctuates so frequently. So like the, it's been interesting actually the last few weeks, because I'd say like some of the very best young players in the world who previously had some of the highest prices, have all suddenly hit amazing form. Like Trent, suddenly, <laughs> out of nowhere, the guy's like won dividends like twice in a row. Sancho yeah. is in the top five most form, informed players in Europe, right? Um, like according to who scored. Like Phil Foden's performances lately, just unbelievable. Callum Hudson at Dorney the other day is hit a 176 with like in a nil-nil. Like hey, Osaka, he's been tearing it up. Like all these players have just come out of nowhere, suddenly hit a load of uh, amazing form. Now, if those players weren't in such great form right now, like what would be going on with the market? Would these guys even be rising that much? So 
that's the other thing to take into account. Um, possibly, uh, in my opinion anyway, it's best to buy these future like dividend winners who are going to be some of the best players in the world in the future, hopefully, some of them anyway. Um, it's best to buy those players when they are slightly out of form. When like Mbappe had a, he had four games where he didn't score or get an assist, and you could buy him at three pounds. Now that's the time to buy, not when he's... No one is rising and he's um, you know flying up. And I guess now we actually have the ability to trade based on form and player performances rather than just trading on announcements, which is amazing as well. Because for so long we were just purely trading on like football index as a as a platform and their decision making. But I feel like from now on we can actually trade based on players' form and and like that's really exciting for me as well. So there's just so much to look forward to over the next few months, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I think. I do also think that the change in sentiment this time is different to the past because what one thing that all markets don't like is uncertainty, whether it's football index, whether it's the FTSE, whether it's the markets that I look after for my clients, every market hates uncertainty. What Mike has done in these first 29 days has given us a clear vision. Was the removal of IPDs the best thing in the whole wide world? Probably not. Did it reduce dividends? Yes, it did. But what he's actually done is he set a, set a stall and we do, I, I hope, know now that between now and, say, the Euros, we know what our dividend schedule looks like. We know how much we can win and we've got a pretty good idea of what yields are. So now we actually have the opportunity to properly value players. He has come in and he said, right, this is what I'm going to do. It was like the 12 runs of debt. You know, we said he came out and said, oh, I'm going to do it. And then a couple of days later, it's done. Yeah. So we don't have as much uncertainty, I don't believe, in this market as what we did in um, December and, and November time. And that makes a really, like you said, it makes for a really um, engaging market because you are trading on your football knowledge and form instead of what is um, Adam Cole going to come out and say next week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we, we are at a position now where we are actually trading our football knowledge. Yeah. And that is exactly what every trader, doesn't matter if you're one of the trolls on Twitter that likes to pump and debump, everybody here wants to make money in this community. Mm. And we are probably in a position now where it is, in theory, should be the easiest to make money if you are good at valuing players and doing the hardest thing in the whole wide world is selling on the up and buying on the dip. And it's the hardest thing in the world, but we probably now have a structure where it's as easy to do that as it's ever been. Yeah, I, I think so too. And the other thing that we can do with like the uh, the order book system and the 12 funds of depth is um, like sell out of the players who only have a few bids and maybe buy buy through the walls where there's there's not many offers. Like that's something I've definitely noticed over the last few days. Like Ryan Cherokee in particular is a player that I've kind of just been monitoring. Like have, have you seen Cherokee's uh, sort of the demand for him over the last few days? It's not. It's just crazy. Like I sold, so he had a sell price of like one pound seventy seven today, and then I sold a few. Um, like don't get me wrong, I, I love chicken. I'll probably buy back into him very soon. But uh, like at one pound seventy seven, uh, there's only like a hundred or two hundred bids there. Um, I sell them, and the next thing I know, the guy's sell price goes down to one pound twenty eight. It's absolutely mental. So there really yeah. isn't that much money in the market right now. I wouldn't say, but that actually creates the opportunity for even more trading. And traders who you kind of know what they're doing, I genuinely believe are going to make like better returns than ever in this market with the order book system. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, right. Let's move on to some other questions. There's quite a few, actually. So uh, <laughs> yeah. this is a great question, actually. This was from Back3Chris um, in the Discord. So 
let's say you're in charge of England. Who are you yeah. picking in in defence? So right back, left back, your two centre halves, and a goalkeeper. Who are you going for? Yeah, uh, I actually think this is dead easy. So uh, we go Nick Pope in goal. Uh, Jordan Pickford gets absolutely no weird. He doesn't. He doesn't even get a phone call to say he's not in the squad. Uh, <laughs> I think he's terrible. Unlucky oh, Pickford. Yeah, sorry Pickford. Nick Pope. He's his, I think he's as solid as you can get. I, I get that he's not that interesting, and I know that his distribution isn't amazing. But I don't ever believe that he will lose you a game of football. Mm. Now, uh, left back, we go. I go Chilwell, and then go John Stones. I've always liked him. I, I, I even when he was having a troubled time, I, I think the way that he brings the ball out from the back is really enjoyable. I really like him. I go Maguire next to him because he probably is the most solid all-round England defender that we probably have at the moment. And then I'd go Trent right back. It's mm. that would for me would be the easiest. Uh, I think back four goalkeeper that, that we could have. Um, I'd have Reese James on the bench. Really like him as well. Um, he scored a cracker against Bristol City when he played for Wigan. So I've, I've liked him since then. Um, but yeah, that would that would be very easy for me. Yeah, that's that's pretty straightforward. I had a, I had to think about this question as well. And yeah, my back four is the exact same. Um, at first, I thought Dean Henderson in goal because I've seen a bit of him just like playing for Sheffield United last season and season before, I think. Um, and now Man United, when he's come in, he's looked really good. But I think... Yeah, for a more stable choice, yeah, you can't really argue with Nick Pope. He, um, he doesn't really make too many mistakes there. And I have seen Henderson make one or two dodgy mistakes as well. So, yeah, that's that's probably a solid back five. Um, we'll go for another really good question. So, king of the index at the end of this season. And who do you think will be king at the end of next season? Yeah, so um, I think it will be Sancho this season. Just because of the rumblings that are coming out of Dortmund that they have to sell. I also think that people want Sancho to be the king of the index. Whether that's right or wrong, enough people want him to, to be there. Uh, next season, I actually think it'll be one of two people. I think it'll either be um, Haaland or I think it'll be Mbappe. And the reason why is I think if, the, if for those two players, they only have to do one of two things, in my opinion, to be the king of the, of the index. Either just increase that PB base just get that up a little bit because at the moment, someone like Haaland, he, still, he needs to score three goals to be, even be near the, the, you know, the top of winning divs. If he can just increase his base a bit and the same for Mbappe, or if either of them manage to get a move to the Premier League, I mm-hmm. think then that will make them explode. Even if Sancho is in the Premier League, I think, you know, Haaland up front for United or Man City, I just think he would, I just think he would clean up all the time. Every time he scored or he played well, and the same for Mbappe. If he was at Liverpool, for example, I, I just think that he would win everything all of the time, um, rightly or wrongly. So that would be that would be my bet. Sancho this year and either Haaland or Mbappe uh, next year. Yeah, I, I had a good think about this one too. And my answer is very similar, actually. So I, I agree. I think Sancho will be king by the end of this season, um, especially if he gains more transfer speculation to Manchester United again. Um, and yeah, loads of... The majority, uh, well, not the majority, but there's so many people who want him to be king. Average office is like £15. There's still like a lot of shares in circulation, close to a million as well. 920,000 shares altogether out there. Um, So there'll be a lot of people wanting him to be king. Um, And yeah, for for next season, I I would have said Mbappe, just because I think the media presence that he could uh, generate, I think by the end of next season, 
he'll definitely be in with a good chance of uh, gaining some transfer links. And you've got like the World Cup with France and um, you've got the Euros this summer as well. Um, and he, he could be on his way to becoming like the best player in the world, really, in 18 months' time. Um, I mean, Ronaldo and Messi are still going to be knocking around, probably will still be the best, and, and Neymar as well, of course. But no, Mbappe uh, is going to be up there. He is a unbelievable talent. I think with Haaland, um, yeah, like he's... It's a weird one with, with Haaland because, yeah, he's, he's not known for his PB. In fact, he's known, if anything, for having a really bad PB. I was having a look on Index Edge the other day, and I actually noticed that his, his PB is not as bad as I thought it was. Um, so his scores, and these aren't competition-adjusted. Uh, so these are including the 1.25 multiplier for Champions League, Europa League nights. But he said it's 305, 217, 215, 201, 197, 193. And the thing is, like, yeah, that's not amazing, like, given how many goals he's scored. So I think he scored, like, 27 and 28. But if you compare that to, like, other players under the age of 21, he still is in, like, probably the top five um, very easily. And you look at, like, someone like Lewandowski, and Lewandowski's been matched the dividends plenty of times. So I think, like, Mbappe and Haaland, uh, I just think age definitely needs to be taken into account when we have a look at, like, their matchday scores. And I actually think whether the matrix changes or not. And that's another thing which uh, could result in like you being completely right with like Mbappe and Haaland, because if the matrix changes and rewards goals more, then those guys are just going to absolutely fly. And that's a possibility mm -hmm. too. Yeah, uh, yeah, Haaland could be the first person that scores like a 500. If they, you know, if they-, if they, if they 500. Like, yeah, if they yeah. give you, you know, like, a, like a hat trick uh, multiplier or something, then yeah, Haaland could be the first person that scores a 500 because yeah, he, he just, every time he steps on the pit, I, I love watching him. Um, yeah. I really started to watch him when uh, the German league came back, obviously before everything, everything else. And I actually sat and watched him, you know, for 90 minutes ago. And he just, he just, he's just one of those footballers that just makes everything look pretty effortless. He's in the, he's not lucky. He's in the right place at the right time because that's where he knows he needs to be. And I just think if he gets a move to the Premier League, I, I just, can you imagine him running against someone like Craig Dawson? He's <laughs> destroy him or you know Ben Mee at Burnley he's just gonna absolutely destroy him uh, uh, and I, I think as well he he is quite a physical looking bloke I think he's a bit of a specimen so I think yeah. he would be able to handle that going up against a Sam Allardyce team I think he would be able to handle that as well um so yeah I, I think it I think it'll be Holland or, or Mbappe for top man next year yeah Holland is ridiculous like it <laughs> The other week, you know, when um, Sancho assisted him twice and uh, Haaland was the one who scored, like, both goals, as you say, were just so effortless. Like, they were actually really difficult finishes, but he just yeah. made them look incredibly easy. And he's always in the right place at the right time. Um, I think one of my favourite goals, I can't remember exactly who it was against, but there's a goal last season where he just absolutely smashed one in in the Champions League. Like, it was the most powerful shots like just I've ever seen and it was just like one touch then bang and I think he just like he just come on or something and scored that and I was like shit this guy is unbelievable and so, yeah really exciting player I don't actually call me hold him so he might have to get added to the portfolio but may maybe not just now because I think he's just risen like ATP today <laughs> yeah I think he's up yeah he's up uh, let's have a look I think he's up a hell of a lot uh, yeah, he's all 82p. He's up today. Uh, yeah. 1.42 over the last seven days. So he's had one hell of a rise, which yeah. um, I'm quite pleased about, as you can imagine. <laughs> I, I hold quite a lot of him. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah he's, he's done well.
Yeah, no, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I think like Sancho's price rise has kind of dragged up all the other players. And then once they start rising, they kind of, it kind of has a knock-on effect on, on the other like elite young players. Um, the area of the market, which I think is arguably most underpriced, and I did the blog on it yesterday, was those sort of ATP to £1.20 players who, um, who aren't in that elite youth category where they're like competing with likes of Mbappe, Sancho, Haaland, but they're like kind of the next next sort of phase down. So yeah, you're on yeah. Nkunku's and um, who else was in there yesterday? You're like Hakimi at like £1.40 and uh, they're those sort of players who are fairly cheap still and they've actually hit some pretty good scores in the past. Yeah, um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll move on to another another question. This one's from Alex uh, Dobbins who uh, he, he comes out with some great stuff in the Discord as well. So... Yeah. Uh, Shag Maria Void, <laughs> Mike Mike Bowen, Jaden yeah. Sancho, or myself. Yeah. So do you know what? I actually I don't know if this I should admit this, but I found it quite easy. So I thought I would have to marry Mike just off of the basis you know, of what's happened this year, and you know he's taken us to the moon. I thought I'd have to snog you because you know you're not a bad looking chap yourself, you know. So I snog you on a night out. And then I'd have to avoid Sancho because, you know, he is a lot younger than me, actually. I'm, I'm nearly 28. So uh, I don't think I'd want to marry him. And I don't think I'd want, I'd want to snog him because he's a little bit too young. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, I'll avoid Sancho. Not in my port, but, but, but in this scenario, definitely. I'm not gonna lie, Matt. I've got like really mixed feelings about this. Like, I, I don't know whether I wanted you to like marry or like yeah, me or not. Like, it's, it's kind of like I'd feel very rejected if you if you avoided me, actually. But at yeah, the same yeah. time, I'd be like, ah, well, well, I'm only 22 as well, so I'm I'm pretty oh, young okay. still. <laughs> okay. Well, you're you're a little bit older than Sancho, then, so that that helped me make that that that's the only that's the only thing I could go off. That's the only thing I could go off. No, no, fair play to Mike. I couldn't avoid Mike after what he's done to my port in the last couple of days. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'd give him Mike right now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I had to, uh, I, I had to go for that. I'm afraid. No, that, that's a great answer, mate. I, I, I appreciate it. I, I definitely get with you too, mate. Honestly, you're a good-looking <laughs> chap too. It's, it's all getting a bit too weird now. I'm, I'm going to move on to the next question. Yeah, um, I would. <laughs> and this is a great question as well and like we've been chatting about this uh, in the discord for a few weeks and i genuinely really am excited about this at some point maybe not this year maybe next year but let, let's go for it so describe your ideal football index club european uh tour trip so like the location what match are we going to yeah. lovely so um this this one i actually did give uh like probably a stupid amount of thought i probably shouldn't have done it so I think we'd start off in Bristol. I'll take you guys to the seven-side derby. We'll watch Bristol City versus Cardiff, the biggest derby in the whole wide world. I'm not having the Milan derby or anything like that. It's Bristol City versus Cardiff. That is, that is tasty. Then we'll get, the, um, we'll get the, the Euro Tunnel over to Lens and we'll watch my man Kakuta play uh, PSG. And I'll show you what you guys all missed out on when you wouldn't pick him up for 40p, like I told you to. <laughs> then, then I think what we'd have to do is we'd have to go over to Germany. We'd have to watch... Um, the, the uh, Haaland against um, against Bayern Munich. We'd have to watch that. It's a game I've always wanted to go to. Then, nice and easy, we'll drop down into Spain. We'll watch our Brian Gill, our favourite in the Discord, play for, for Alaba. Well, it doesn't matter who he plays against. We know he's going to perform well. We put him up against Barcelona, Real Madrid, whatever. And then I think we'll, we'll take a, a slight turn 
we'll go over to CSK Moscow and what's your favourite bloke? Ah, yes. Uh, you own 99.9% .9 of the whole uh, <laughs> of the whole market on him. Um, we'll go watch your, your friend over in CSK Moscow. Uh, so that would be that would be my kind of ideal road trip. Oh, that, that sounds perfect, you know. I, I think everyone in the FIC Discord could get behind that, to be fair. That does sound quality. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen some point next year. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I had to think about this question as well, and my answer is just nowhere near as good as yours. I'm, I'm not even going to mention my plan. It was just like, just go to, like, Portugal, like, hit the Algarve, because I, I love it over in Portugal, watch a few games there. But, uh, no, I'm definitely more inclined towards... Yeah, watching a bit of Brian Gill, a bit of Nikola Vlasic, the boys yeah. in the portfolio. Um, but yeah, in, in all seriousness, like I do reckon um, it'll be really great once, you know, the, the pandemic uh, sort of settles down a little bit and people start having the vaccine a bit more. And um, because I think everyone in the sort of football index community would be quite up for meeting up, even if it is just like a, a trade and meet up a few times in a few cities. Like we, we used to have them a few years ago, and there's been so many great accounts and people pop up in the football index community, like yourself and loads of other people on Twitter who are just really passionate about the platform and would like to just have a chat, have a few pints with other people who are equally as passionate. And um, I feel like we've kind of missed out on that this year, but. Um, it's something to definitely look forward to maybe next year or maybe even on in the back end of this year and it'd, it'd be a good laugh so uh here, here's the final question then so how many players are called richard on football index this is from tino in the discord yeah so he asked me not to cheat and i promise i didn't so i did have a little think of, of the only player the first player that came to my mind was that richard stearman i think he used to play for like stoke and wolves I don't know if he's retired. No idea if he's still on there. With the first name, Richard, I've I got to be honest, I can't think of any other than him. The only players that I, I, I know that have got Richards in their name is there's that Jazz Richards who plays for Cardiff because oh, yeah. he, was, he was linked to Bristol City. And um, is it Chris Richards who plays for Bayern Munich? Yeah, the like, centre-half, yeah. He had like an absolute mad rise, didn't he, uh, when he started yeah. and he's fallen off the face of the earth again. But I, I don't know who he is. I just saw him, um, you know, on the, the risers list. But other than Richard Stearman, I don't know any footballer with a first name, Richard. I also don't know why he's asked me that question. Um, <laughs> it's a good one, though. It, do you know what? It did get me thinking, but I'm not sure why he asked. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I messaged him in the, in the Discord. I was like what's this about like I was thinking is, is this some kind of weird in joke between you and Matt like it just it seems so random but then I typed in Richard into football index so I did cheat and have a look and um I was I was quite intrigued actually and it was, it was quite interesting because yeah there's no players on football index with the first name Richard which is fairly interesting and you know, that's a fairly common name um so so yeah, there we go. That's a that's the random fact for today. Maybe I'll start bringing in random facts more often, or maybe we're missing something and there was some like funny sides to this that we, we don't know about. Um, I've got yeah. to see if Stearman's still playing. I've, I've got to see if he's still playing. Apparently, yeah, apparently he still plays for Huddersfield. Uh, he's played for Leicester Wolves. He played two hundred uh, two hundred and eleven times for Wolves, Ipswich, Fulham, and Sheffield United. He's played for so yeah. Uh, at least, and apparently he's represented England at the under-21 level, so I knew there was some bloke called Richard, apparently he still plays for Huddersfield, but he's not on the index, and if he does get IPO'd, I won't be buying him. <laughs> no, no, um, I remember Richard Dunn, I think that's the only Richard, uh, Richard yeah. I can remember in my lifetime, um, of 
who was he at? Man City and maybe Aston Villa, was it? Or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'm, I, that, I didn't think about him at all. I don't know why Richard Stearman came to my head. Uh, <laughs> not a random, a random bloke to think about, but yeah, he's probably probably one of the only few Richards that got me playing football, surely. <laughs> yeah, um, I find it funny how like there's so many random football players out there like Gail Kakuta or Brian Gill and they just have absolutely no idea that there's like hundreds of traders who are like so interested in them just like these <laughs> random lads from England like who are just like so amazed by these players and have so many shares in them like I bet they just don't know and um, yeah it's, it's crazy Any, anyway um, so moving on we don't really have any questions left from the Discord but I wouldn't mind just speaking to you a little bit further about Football Index, where you kind of see things going as well over the next 12 months or so, and, and your plans, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where, where do you think we go from here? Like, obviously, there's not really that much money in the market. It's not as much as Football Index would want right now, I wouldn't say. Uh, but things are definitely picking up, and the positive sentiment has returned. And I think for the right reasons. Like, I think you were right in saying earlier on that, has been some big changes and that like football index's decision making has certainly instilled some confidence and it's we feel a lot more confident about football index as a whole now um i think anyway and uh, they've made some great decisions and yeah there's always positive sentiment but where do you think we go from here as a platform like what what's going to change over the next i don't know six to 12 months would you say yeah sure so realistically i None of us know how close market makers are. None of us know how close NASDAQ is. None of us know how close a media monitor changes. We, we don't know. But what I do hope is on the top of Mike's list is he's just got a list of quick wins, a bit like the 12 runs. Um, I hope they address how your portfolio is, um, is, 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 the profit is displayed. We all know that's a little bit wrong. We all know the app is a little bit clunky to find players. It's case sensitive when you search. It does look a little bit dated now. Um, I hope that there is some quick, easy wins that Mike is just going to fire out to keep this momentum going, because I think now one of the worst things that could happen is if they're silent for another month, I think people might get a bit twitchy. So I hope that he comes out with just some quick, easy wins uh, to keep us to keep us going and ticking, and ticking over. I hope that they run um, some type of um, promotion for the Euros, whether that be double your matchday extras whether that be every day a gold day, just something nice and easy. Let's not introduce super match day extra points. Let's not yeah. do something mad. Let's just enhance what we've got in the long-term vision. And then I hope in the long-term we've got either, um, you know, there's, there's the talk of expanding into Germany. I think that could be huge. Um, I mentioned it in the Discord the other day. They've, on FI's website, they've got three jobs that are advertised and all of them are tech-based. Yeah. And all of them mention international expansion. All of them are like bachelor level stuff. Mm. FI are not employing people with bachelor level degrees to not take this place, the, you know, this, this platform to the next level. They, they're just not. No, no company does that. Um, it is also interesting that they're doing it for tech. Are they doing it for NASDAQ? I, I don't know. But if they are looking to improve systems and make those types of things smoother and it's easier for people to trade and prices are going up, we can to a point generate a little bit of our own liquidity in the short mm. term and then hopefully when all of those things that would that would put a market maker off is in place they come in at 
and there isn't rockets, it's, I don't know, it's detonations. It's what, what, what's bigger than a rocket? It's a, it's a volcano, you know what I mean? It's this, and we're, you know, we're looking back at, I don't know, maybe Guardian articles and we're laughing. You know, people mention a Ponzi scheme and we laugh because we're saying, do you know what, we, we were here when it was a bit naff and it was a bit rubbish. And now we've stuck with it and we, we you know, we, we've ridden these, these uh, what's it, people call it, the Boeing bounce. And now we're, you know, we've got 20 quid players in our ports because we had the confidence that this is where it's going to go. Like I said, I don't have the, all the answers of how it's going to happen. But for the first time in a little while, I believe that it is. Yeah. And I yeah. believe that Mike will do it. Just And again, I know that I shouldn't be overconfident just because some bloke has put 12 runs on. I know that that isn't actually that impressive. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's not. And I know 12 runs is different to NASDAQ. I do know that. But it's the speed and precision in which he did it, the accuracy. He said... I'm not going to do, you know, uh, it's not about promises, it's about deliverables or whatever spiel he used. And effectively, he's done that. He's come in, he said, right, IPG's too expensive, gone. Here's your max day extra. He's come in and said, right, we need 12 runs. It's done. We're on the 29th of January. Imagine what he could do with a year. Imagine what the bloke could do with five. It's a very good start. Um, and I will be sticking around for, for the long term. Oh, if there's if there's ever a man to get me hyped about football index, I think you are the man. Honestly, that is that is some speech right there. You have literally just got me so excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you are right. Like, there's just like an urgency and a sense of decisiveness that I don't think we had last year, and we have that now. It really is like we just turned a new page and building this foundation up again. And there's so many things that they can do to just get the easy wins. If they just keep on doing that, as they said, incremental improvements for now. They don't need to do anything massive. They don't need to suggest that they're going to even do anything because then that would just lead to uncertainty. But we're getting this stability back. We're getting the belief in the future and the vision of this platform. And the thing is, like as I've said so many times, is that the potential for Football Index to grow is just so great because you do have these other territories to advance into. And if the prices do ever become too high they always have the option to increase the intrinsic value by just simply increasing the dividends and everyone wins because they generate more revenue by um commission at higher prices so yeah i mean the potential is just absolutely massive it is there there's a lot of positive sentiment right now but we also have to be cautious and value our players correctly as you've said um but yeah it's, it's really happy days and it's, it's a really exciting time to be on football index right now so i think we will wrap it up there i'm sure we'll have another chat again matt because you know i really do appreciate all your comments in the discord and uh, i'm glad you've come on today so thanks for coming on where can people find you on twitter if they do want to interact with yourself you know what that's really interesting because i don't even know if i know exactly what my twitter handle is on twitter i'm a bit of a well for the last little while i've been a bit of a lurker i, I read the comments uh, and I don't post too much. So let me just get you exactly what my Twitter handle is. I, I went on your Twitter a minute ago, um, well, just before we started recording, to try and find a picture of your cats, actually, because I think someone asked about them, which is your favourite cat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> all I could find was just, like, gift replies to pretty much every single post. It was just, like, brilliant gif after gif after gif. There's actually hundreds there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so people can find me. It's Matt underscore Dix, but D-I-X 93. So that's where you'll find me on Twitter. Uh, if you want to chat to me about gifts, memes, Football <laughs> Index, Bristol City, or you're interested in, uh, you know, need a financial advisor, uh, let me know. I'm, I'm there. Perfect. Thanks for coming on, and thanks yeah, to everyone great. listening as well. Any sort of final words just to wrap things up, Matt? 
No, I just hope everybody has a great rest of their day. <laughs> oh, oh, he's only got it done it. All right, we'll, we'll leave it there. I, I don't need to say it. Matt's done it for me. Thanks for listening. And as Matt says, have a great rest of your day. <laughs>